Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. News team, assemble! back and bigger than ever it's the unofficial 40 from soonerscoop.com now here's the entire sooner scoop crew carrie josh eddie and bob all right welcome back we are right in the middle of fall camp it is a glorious time to be here on the unofficial 40 podcast uh, welcome, welcome, and uh, glad that you're along to join us. Is uh, We've had a lot of media opportunities. We're done for the week uh, as the Sooners will finish up their first fall camp officially. I mean, classes get going next week, so they're not in classes right now. They can uh, basically just meet. Uh, we had a chance to talk to Alex Grinch this week, Lincoln Riley, along with several players, and, and I think probably guys... Uh, want to welcome in the crew, Josh McQuishan, who is just back from uh, uh, scouting some high school talent, and they were football players. Uh, Eddie Radosevich, uh, Bob Persbillo, uh, man of the man of the fathers. A lot of our podcast reviews. Very happy that you're a new father, Bob, because they're All going right. through the same thing. Yeah, it's it is a grind, which means we're teaching chill, you know infants to cuss all around <laughs> America right now. Which is a good thing, according to Eddie Radosevich. I won't speak for my, you know, anyone else. Um, anyway, so guys, we had you'd a chance. Say, you'd say whatever you want. I just, if you use to use colorful language, if you choose that, I don't think it's an indictment of uh, how you were raised. I'm just, I, I don't think that cursing is a big deal these days. Does your mom worry that people think that she's, a, you know, she raised you wrong when she I mean, hears you curse? I don't know. If that's the first thing that you would think about, if you hear me say, like, if you think, oh, God, he must have not been raised right, you're the problem. And you could probably also pray for me while you go vote, too. That's, yeah. Uh, I don't know what that means. I'm just going to ignore it and move on. So, uh, Josh McQuistian is joining us. And guess what? Uh, we found, we discovered something uh, about Josh's uh, microphone that I traveled 16 hours to set up. Uh, that it, it was all screwed up. And people who've been complaining about Josh's mic on the pod... I'm, I'm sorry if I discounted you or just pretended like you were nuts. There was absolutely a problem with Josh's mic uh, because he can't control his children. Or was it Linda? Ooh, maybe Linda did it. Linda you sabotaged know, the set. No, it was it was messed up before Linda. She was here yesterday. Linda. Okay. She okay. was messed up before we ever brought Linda into the podcast, or Trace Linda's, as we like to call her. It, it could have been sabotaged by Linda yesterday. I, I can't say for sure, but... Um, Apparently, I was bad before this. But, yeah, I mean, to combine the way that we have opened this um, pod with children talk and profanity, f***ing Laney messed with the whole thing <laughs> and clearly had me, you know, everybody's always talked about what a quiet talker I am, and, and Laney wanted to help me out. She was trying to do the right thing. Her yeah, heart she, was in the right place. She decided that she would walk up to your uh, mic processor and turn everything to 11. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. She, did you watch Spinal Tap with the kid lately or something? 
No. Because um, that'd be a cool thing to, you know, blame it on. That would, uh, Laney, it only goes to 10, but this says 11. This has uh, one, no, that, one mall. One louder. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been amazing. But no, um, Lainey, as I've talked about in the pod before, she likes to put the uh, the headphones on and pull the mic down, and she says she's uh, she's watching football. like that's Because that's, that's what she thinks I do, and this is somehow part of that in her mind. So um, See, yeah, I she, mean, you're blaming Lainey, but you know who I'm blaming, Josh. I'm blaming you. The same person you always blame. Because it's technology. New. And look, you've made so many steps forward. Like, you are, like, manually setting your camera, which is very impressive, which <laughs> uh, is probably going to get you the 400-millimeter lens someday if I continue Woo-woo. to see this, uh, you know, this this growth out of you from picture-taking. Eddie's learning a new camera right now. Uh, I even, like, we screwed it up. I, I'll take full blame for it because I looked over the camera and sent Eddie out to the first practice with it, uh, with screwed up settings, and it was my fault that I didn't catch it. Uh, so, I mean, look, Josh, though, I traveled 16 hours. I brought you a nice, uh, a, a, a nice podcasting platform, and you have to realize that when all the knobs are turned up as high as they go, that's not a good thing. See, now, this is the bullshit. Self-diagnosis. You, clear, you blame me, but Eddie... You're like, no, that's on me. That's my fault. Eddie knew to trust you, and that Eddie knew better. Look, you need and to so, stop while you're ahead. You have a brand-new camera as it is as well, <laughs> yes, and you I haven't, proven, time. You haven't mm-hmm. proven anything with that thing either. So Yeah, we're, we're, we're going to have to see how that goes. I, I just got done with my first run with my new camera. It was um, – so I'm sitting there on the field, and I hit record, and it's like invalid, invalid command. And I was like, oh, shit. Did you not format the cards? Yeah, it's exactly what it was. And I was like, okay, okay. So I was like, I can fix that. I can fix that. And then as soon as that was done, we were good to go. But, yeah, I uh, I was like, oh, God. Because I, I literally, I was like, I'm not calling them. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> See, I feel bad now. It's just like I bought Eddie a new laptop this week because his laptop was the biggest piece of shit. It is falling apart. And Eddie... Is the I mean, Eddie, this is what I love about you more than anything. You never complain about anything. Like, I, Eddie's giving me... I'm his, not paying for anything, so it's not really but my I mean, concern. But we don't mind paying works. for things. We just want you to tell us when things don't work. Like, no, if, it, if it didn't work, I'd tell like, you. Like, I, if I like couldn't Eddie, do my job, I would tell you. Eddie put a laptop in front of me, and I start working on it, and we're trying to figure some things out, and he's trying to dump some video onto our servers. Uh, and all I did was reached up to grab the screen to, to shut it, and Eddie's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, he had to show me, like, if I touched the screen inappropriately in a certain way, it would just all <laughs> fall apart. It's being held together by some strong, I don't even know if it's duct tape. And it's, that's why you have a new laptop it's being It's something that today. Casey Anthony would have used. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I would have thought Eddie's software would go out before the hardware. Um, it's all going out right now. Lo- I mean, that's a lot of a lot of insecure, unsecure sites. I, I'm thinking in Eddie's. Yeah, path. he's. Yeah, I have never. Eddie has never said, um, "Can you help me with this virus on my computer?" Now, Eddie, have you ever had to go to like the uh, what do they call the Best Buy guys? No, 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 no. You've never had to the go Geek Squad. The Geek no. Squad to say, "Yeah, um, can you can you help me?" No, I don't. My I don't. computer is locked up. I've got the blue screen of death. Uh, and it's porn's fault. I might have you know, with like my with an Apple, like had to go into the Apple store, oh, but I that think that, that makes is total sense. That's more of a uh, Apple situation that they 
I truly believe that they do shortcuts to get you to come back into the store. Are you not on a first name basis with the Apple store with your phone and the number of times that the screen is cracked? No. Like your screen is pretty bad right now. Hold on a second. Eddie, you've cracked it repeatedly. I thought you just had cracked it and just never bothered to fix it. No, I crack it and then Eddie's, get a new one. And Eddie's very first phone. This is like a technology, you know, tour de force. Wow. Yeah, so yeah far we've, the, we've lost everybody. Yeah. They've already, <laughs> they've already gone star. and subscribed to like, YouTube. His, we've lost listeners. His one first, last thing. His first phone got so bad, he refused to get a new screen on it when he started working for us. That he eventually had to get a new screen because his finger was bleeding because there were so many shards of glass that was the only thing that was left is his screen. Yeah, or was that just because I was doing so much just great Twitter work? I think it was all the swiping right. Well, that's not going very well, so it, it, must, it must have not been that. I'll tell you that right now. All right, so let's get into it. Uh, fall camp is here. Thank God that segment is over. Um, you can skip right through it on the rundown. Actually, I'm going to do rundown open exclusive football talk. You won't get anywhere else. Uh, so Three new commitments. We had a chance. And I would say, guys, the most striking thing about this week uh, was just talking to Alex Grinch in the defense. Eddie, I mean, you tell me if I'm wrong here. Just we always ask the question, has the mentality changed? Do you notice it? Do you sense it? And the way that Alex Grinch talked, the way that players talked, like, I'm actually ready to buy in that the mentality has changed at Oklahoma on defense. Well, I mean, what say yeah. you, Edward? You know, it's funny that we kind of talked about this a little bit, uh, what was that, Monday during the little downtime that we had, Kerry, was, uh, or Monday or Tuesday, whatever it was. Between the uh, viewing and yeah, the Yeah, between the, the pre-post-practice interview and the, uh, and the, and the viewing portion, but... You know, it, it does seem like there is a little bit of a direction or a tone as far as for the first time in a while, maybe the players believe in what they're doing. Maybe they aren't. I was, I was thinking about this on the way down here, too, is you know what the one word that it, Alex Grinch hasn't said uh, during the preseason that I think had become uh, almost like a like pouring salt in the wound was Fido? multiple <laughs> oh, okay. no multiple i haven't heard that word in forever we want to be down multiple there. On yeah defense, it's yeah. like because maybe they're trying to decide and i think i mentioned to you carrie was for the first time in a while they're not worried about being great at a lot of things as opposed to focusing on one thing yeah. being really damn good at it and if you screw up at least you're going a thousand miles per hour and no, i think that right. they can deal with that that's the thing with alex Grinch. and here's what he's done like if you want the inside on what he's doing to make the defense better. It's like, you're right. You had all these different things that everybody was worried about. It was like a bunch of chickens with their head cut off. And what Alex Grinch did, he came in and said, okay, these are the things that are most important to me. And these are the things that are going to be the most important to you, which is uh, speed, playing fast, uh, being simple, and creating turnovers. And and that he's beating it into people's heads. Like, that's all they care. Okay, so... The strip attempts. I mean, that was a big thing yesterday. Yes. Let's just get into that right away uh, because uh, – and we had a chance to talk to Delarian Turner-Yell, and I thought, you know, some of what he had to say was was really good. Um, and I'm just trying to make sure that I'm playing the right thing here. But he was talking about, you know, strip attempts, and Pardell Motley was talking about they keep track of these things, and every day we have meetings – and uh, and you probably maybe some of you have read about this before, but what Alex Grinch is doing is to emphasize stripping the football out every day. They award a strip king, 
from the previous day practice, and that's the guy who had the most strip attempts the day before in practice. Here's Delarian Turner Yale talking about some of that. Nah, of, of course, of course, I want my name called out. You know, I mean, every day that we have a defensive meeting, he all, he always tells us. I mean, like tells the entire defense. You know, this guy had this many strip attempts, and whoever got off the ball the most, I mean, they were the strip king on the day. So, so you have a king of the day. Yes, sir, strip king of the day. And like I said, it changes after every practice because you have more and more guys that's, you know, getting after the ball. So if you go out there as the strip king one day, somebody's coming for your crown. Exactly, exactly. I really wish you guys had a real crown. <laughs> <laughs> At least something, like a patch or something right. you got to wear. Yeah, unfortunately, we only get candy bars. So. Uh, and here's Alex Grinch on some of the same things. If, if, the, if the offensive players aren't getting frustrated, we're not doing it right. Yeah. You know, if, if, if you know, and, and we kind of, we, we look at it and you say, you know, if an offensive player, as soon as he catches the football, kind of turns an old school fullback, you know, and then two-hand clutching that football, then, then you know, uh, we're having an impact. They, they feel us. And so we keep track of it. We're almost 400, you know, we call them strip attempts. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, almost 400 strip attempts up, up to this point, over 40 strip attempts a day. And, and a true strip attempt is, is with the willingness to get the ball out. And that's, you know, Josh, that's the thing about guys on defense. They're young. Their careers are short. You don't have to turn this into rocket science. I mean, just tell guys what you want, what your expectations are. Don't make it overly complicated. And that's all that they're focusing on right now. You know, and, and I was thinking about it while I was listening to that quote, and, it, and you're right on, because I kind of feel like, and it's something I hadn't really considered before, this is one of those situations where it may all work out really well, because all we hear about is how simplified things are going to be, and we just want to be aggressive and fast. Well, you can do that with a young guy. Like, that's that's much easier to make that step than, okay, we're going to reinvent the wheel and we're going to do a bunch of stuff. And, and we want we you to know the defense do. as well as the exactly. defensive coordinator knows the defense. Exactly. Like, like, Alex Grinch, when you hear him talk, you can hear it like, I mean, it's not what he's saying, but it's if you're going to make a mistake, make it fast. And, you know, like, th- that's – young guys can do that. They're going to make mistakes. They're going to screw up. But at least they're just being decisive. Trust your eyes, see what you see, and go get the ball. And this kind of goes back to what you said. It's the first week you could start to feel it. Because what? For months and months, we heard slogans. We heard speed D. We heard stuff like that. You don't hear Fido anymore, by the way. Now what you're actually hearing is how that mentality is changing. What are they actually doing? And that is why people can finally be excited. It's simple. I mean, oh, my God. I don't even want to get in another tangent about the message boards this week and last pod. Um, Don't. (laughs) But it's simple. I mean, it's like it's, it's, it's... don't make it so complicated. We spend so much time on the message boards trying to figure it all out. And this is kind of one of those things, isn't it? Like we said, we'll, we'll, we'll know it when we see it with Alex Grinch. Like when you see a good defense, we'll know it. And it, this is kind of one of those things. Like I think we all got so you know heavy into the defense and how to fix it and what to do. Like they're just... They're just making it simple. They're just saying, go play, but we're going to focus on a few things here, a few key tent poles uh, going into the season, and we're going to let them lose. And the other thing, guys, Eddie, I mean, like, Alex Grinch basically admitted, like, yeah, we have most of our starters. He basically said, yeah, we have a, a, a top 11. We need a top 22. So you're also seeing that Alex Grinch is... He's kind of graduated to a point where he knows who his starters are going to be or, or likely yeah, I think starters. So. I, I, I think so. And, you know, you talk about 
the established players back there in the safety position as far as Delon Turner Yell and uh, and Patrick Fields. But at the same time, I do think that I love what he says about uh, you know creating depth. And just because you have a second stream doesn't mean that they're the or the, We're gonna a put guy you on next the field. in line. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't mean that they trust you or anything. And uh, you know, I, I there are different ways that I think that they're saying some similar things to what uh, we've heard in the past, but. Uh, when you bring three new coaches in on that side of the ball, I think that it's it's easier to buy in. It's easier to believe. The tone is different. Uh, and that's kind of what we talked about when uh, Mike was fired was the fact that they needed a different voice. They needed a different tone. And, you know, one of the first things that they brought in during the spring was that, uh, oh, it's the ball in the in the red room there that, you know, players can come by and tap and stuff. They and strip, yeah, they hit it's it just when a, they come it, in. It's, it's, it's a mentality, though. It's, a, it's, it's changing the culture. And, you don't want to say that it's just a full-fledged change, and I don't think it certainly doesn't happen overnight. But at the same time, I do think that it goes into when you do something every day or when you uh, practice it as much as they've done. What have they said that they had 400 rip attempts to date? And I think that was yeah, that's what Grinch just said. There. They say 40 a day, and then they wanted to get to a thousand. I think by, by the, the time end of the, the season uh, starts, yeah, yeah, by the start of the season, and uh, you know, it, it might seem trivial. It might seem kind of uh, football cliche as far as um, having those types of goals during a preseason camp and stuff, but there it's still a fundamental. It's still a uh, a baseline or a foundation of what they're trying to build down there. And you know, I, I if anything else, I thought the uh, the stuff about him talking about the guys that are returning and you know they bring back eight eight starters, uh, I guess seven now minus Trey uh, Norwood. But at the same time, they have had guys that have been through uh, quote unquote battles and. Uh, you know, I I completely it had kind of gone over my head that uh, they had they were in six games last year that were a one uh, possession game in the fourth quarter and they went five and one in those games. Obviously, the one that they lost being the Texas game when they tied it in the fourth quarter. So, uh, you know, it, it seems like there's things changing. Uh, it, it's great to hear some of the words or some of the the language that's being used down there. Uh, but again, I mean, no one's gonna. Uh, you're not no sold. You're, yeah, not, well, you're not declaring well, victory. I just it's I, fixed. No, you can't. You can't though. You you have to see it out there on the field on September first. Uh, and you know, I think that Derek King and and Houston's going to bring quite a challenge to Norman. So uh, you know, I and even with that said, I could still be in it. One of those things that uh, it ends up being like a Florida Atlantic game that's built up throughout the entire summer, and you look down and they're still a four touchdown favorite. So uh, I think that you'll be able to tell though, just by the way that they run, by the way that. Uh, are they going to have guys getting, uh, you know, in the backfield, just being disruptive? I love the word violence. I love the way that they're using that, too. <laughs> well, and here's the thing, too. I mean, and this was kind of the reaction. Uh, I, I posted the take three with Alex Grinch uh, on Monday, and a lot of it was about the strip attempts and things like that. And, and, you know, a lot of people were very positive at first when they heard it. Then you got people that jumped on. It's like, well, they better concentrate on tackling, too, instead of just stripping. And this was kind of my, I don't even know if I said this in the thread. I just kind of let guys do their thing. But um, the thing is, if this defense is what it's supposed to be, one guy might be stripping at the ball. But, like, you're imagining, like, a defense where there's only one guy making the play. Like, if this defense is working, you're going to have multiple people pursuing the football. And one guy stripping it is not going to be out in the middle of a field. Like, you know, it's either strip it or make the tackle. Like, there, if this defense is the way it's supposed to be, you're going to have multiple people pursuing the football and trying to make the tackle at Don't one time. Don't say multiple. 
So some, say no, I'm not talking about the Well, teams. in that context, it can be. <laughs> say <Yeah>. several. <clears throat> but, yeah, I mean, if if it's done done right, of course, you're not just going to have one one person. And I mean, we'll just – we'll see. Because that was one thing that we talked a lot about the last couple of years. They didn't swarm to the ball. You know, I mean, we would see it a game or two or a play or two. But there were a lot of times people would be on an island and be a one-on-one matchup. Yeah. And they would fall apart, and then there wasn't help from the rest of the group because Which there's is, no pursuit. In a way, it's kind of sad because I don't oh, know if... Sad. I don't know if... I mean, you don't need Alex Grinch to have to be the head... to be the defense coordinator to uh, instill that type of passion to play the game, right? I mean, it, it it's funny to say it now, and I guess look back on it, but it really isn't funny. It's kind of bullshit, to be honest. Is it not? Well, and, and I mean, here's... Like you said... There are guys that have to kind of, or, or like you're alluding to, there are guys that have to take responsibility. Sure. You know, for this defense. Sure. And, I mean, every week we went in last year, and I think Curtis Bolton was the only guy that you'd ever talk to where you're like, people should listen to this guy more. Like, and he was, he was basically saying, yeah, I know I'm not a leader oh, on and, this team. Well, in hindsight, too, it's like looking back on, I bet you could play a bunch of quotes that he had, especially while Mike was still around. In hindsight, and it's always 50 50 or 20 20, whatever, but it's, it's like, oh, yeah. He, he knew that this thing was bound to... He knew it was a shit show. Yeah, it, you knew that it was going down the drain at some point. But, I mean, now you have Trey Brown, you have Patrick Fields. Really, everybody you talk to, you feel a sense of confidence that you never felt last year sure. talking to players. No, I, I don't think there's any doubt about that. And I think that that's why, you know, you lend to the idea that maybe they could be better. Uh, and, you know, we've talked about it before here on the podcast just as far as... Uh, you know, and I'm sure Josh could expound on this as well, just as far as you don't have to be night and day better to move up in the, uh, you know, total defense or the rankings or whatever defensively, statistically that you want to look at. It's it's small changes over the course of a season, I think, that when you look back on it, you'll think, okay, they were better. Well, yeah, I mean, because guys, look at look at simple things like, you know, you talk about better tackling, better being more aggressive with the ball. Think about all the third and longs that Oklahoma oh, gave up, God. like in, in that Texas oh. game last year. You take a couple of those out, that's 100 yards off of your, your defensive total right there, just just a couple of plays. And if you can do things like that, then all of a sudden your numbers start to look better. And the thing I would tell people in the Big 12, don't get caught up in total defense. It's never going to look – you're never going to look like Alabama. It's, it's just so – the offenses are more advanced. They're doing different things. It's very, very hard to consistently three and out an offense in the Big 12. It, it's just it's – it's not impossible. It's unlikely, especially this year. They're just getting going. I would look at stuff like S&P where you're taking into account efficiency and you're kind of measuring, okay, this defense did this against that offense, and th- th- there's a gauge to it. There, there's some nuance instead of just, well, they didn't get three and out. They're not Clemson. Like, it, yeah. it doesn't work like that. Well, and it, I mean, I don't want to send anybody into uh, PTSD, but it almost became a joke towards the end of the season just as far as – or at least it did for some of, some of the camera peop, uh, guys down in the end zones and stuff as far as – like it's third and seventeen. It's like how how are they going to give this up right here? It's like is, are they going to just go over the top? Are they going to get a pass interference call? It was like it, you knew it was bound to happen. It was just a matter of how it was going to happen. And if it wasn't third down, then it would be on fourth down. On like, fourth and two because they picked up thirteen like, yards on third and fifteen. They would celebrate the fact they stopped them on third 
and then they forgot, oh, yeah, there's still fourth, fourth down, and these <laughs> offenses are not scared of you, so they're going to keep going sure. for it time and time again. That's exactly what they did. Sure, absolutely. Well, and, and are somewhat victimized by their own offense because that offense is like, we got to keep scoring points because yeah. Kyler Murray or whoever is going to put up points, and they're going to feel the same way this year. If it's a 50-50 call against OU's offense, they're going to go for it on fourth against the defense. Like they, they, they just have to. No doubt about that. And, you know, I, I think that just getting some guys in there that, uh, you know, it's kind of a make-or-break season for a lot of guys defensively. I We've talked about it uh, outside of the podcast. We've talked about it on the board a little bit. Uh, just as far as, you know, for the likes of a Levi Draper, a, a John Michael Terry. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm just trying to think of uh, good examples of guys going into like a redshirt sophomore, a redshirt junior year. Jordan Parker. Jordan Parker, who is maybe one of the surprises of the camp for me personally. And I know we'll probably get into more of him here in a little he bit. He gets talked up every chance somebody gets. Absolutely. I mean, Lincoln Riley basically said that he's kind of the story. Ooh. He's kind of the story of camp so far this season. So, but just it's a big year for some of those guys because I do think if you know things don't pan out and you have to go to uh, your true freshman or you have to give some other guys opportunities because those guys can't get it done, uh, I could see. And Josh, I think you've hinted at it before. There could be a lot of movement in the transfer portal uh, during the spring as far as Alex Grinch going up to guys and saying basically, we appreciate everything you've done till date. Till uh, till now, but the future for you in this program probably isn't much. Exactly, it doesn't have to be a shitty thing. It doesn't have to be like tearing the well, guy when, down. When just, I think well, as a player, wouldn't you rather hear that than somebody stringing you along and saying just bide your time? Now you, you talk to Lincoln Riley; it's a little bit of a di- more different tone. I would I would say, but uh, you know, it, it is kind of an interesting uh, juggling act that they have to do. Well, it's just like when you're you know you're talking to a a player you know a coach is recruiting a player a coach is going to want to hear look coach you know i like what you have to offer you're not the school i'm going to pick like i know that right off OU knows there's a few guys in that secondary right now that will probably never seriously factor into what they're doing because they just don't fit what Alex Grinch wants. That's not an indictment of the kid. It's a scheme that's a little bit unique. They want to do some very specific things. That doesn't fit everybody. That's okay. It doesn't make you a bad player. You can go somewhere else, and maybe you fit in, and maybe you get the run you want. So, it, you know, like it's not everybody's Tate Martell where you're just not very good. Well, see, and, and that that's what Grinch is trying to do right now, in my mind, uh, because he is talking more about the backups than he is the starters. He wants guys like Robert Barnes. He wants guys, uh, you know, I'm trying to think, who are uh, you know guys that are kind of at a crossroads of the program right now. Um, Chance Sylvie. Chance Sylvie. I mean, even though he doesn't have a lot of time left, but he, he's got two years. Does he have two fully? Wow. Yeah. Um, but I mean, he's basically saying, "Look, you know, you guys have got to, you know, make it to another level around here. You've got to get it. You've got to become the type of players that we can trust to put on the field and make some plays. Because if you don't, you're never. Gonna, I mean, like he's basically setting that up right now. You talk about the portal, like." I don't even think he has to have that conversation. I mean, I think you know where you stand with Alex Grinch. Yeah, what's interesting is because there's so many players we've talked about before that we thought, oh, look out for them in the portal. Trey Norwood was number one for me. But after hearing Lincoln and Alex during this last week, I don't think that's the case. I think that's someone who, even though he isn't the prototypical Grinch guy, doesn't fit the scheme, he's making it work because of how hard the effort that he is putting in. Like, I'm surprised... 
at how well he adjusted to what Grinch is doing. So that's to say, if you don't fit that to a T, if you put in the effort and make the adjustment, you can still work. They're not going to push you out unless it's clear that you're not trying to become part of the system. Yeah, and I mean, like you said, Alex Grinch went way out of his way to compliment Trey Norwood, uh, said that he thinks he's going to be a great player for this program in the future. Uh, and, and obviously, when a guy goes down like that, you you want to do everything you can to support him. But Alex Grinch is not the kind of guy that just blows smoke. Exactly. There's a difference in the that way we know that he of. brings I mean, the message. We've out. never seen him blow smoke. But, so that would be the first. But yeah, I mean, talking about Trey playing corner, nickel, and safety all within like a single practice. I mean, he un- he appreciates how hard that kid has worked to try to fit his system when he knows full well that if this was like two years from now, Alex Grinch probably never looks at Trey Norwood as someone he would try to bring in Norman in the first place. Now there is, I mean, there was something kind of interesting uh, from Grinch, I thought, in the, well, not from Grinch, but from OU. Like this is kind of an inside uh insiders look into things like we request players all the time uh and it's kind of like we don't always get the players that we request and a lot of times they have to be okayed through lincoln riley correct so a lot of times if a kid's not doing well or uh you know really isn't an impact guy like they don't usually grant a media request like sometimes there's walk-ons that you know the newspaper will feature something like that feel good stories uh, and those kids, you know, they may never play, but they might have played, you know, at, at uh, PC North and maybe they're a walk-on, although I'm sure Eddie would say that never happens. PC North kids are better than that. But um, I thought it was interesting that Levi Draper came in the other day. I mean, it's not often. I mean, I think back in the spring we interviewed Levi Draper once. And he looked small as yeah. ever. Not the but, I mean, guy we've, that showed up. We've seen him in person now twice. I mean, he's put on good weight. Uh, you know, he's, he was granted a request to speak to him in the media. Everybody surrounded him. Uh, and he seems like a guy that might finally be ready to start making a move. He's got to be. I mean, it's like we've said, all, all those guys. You know, it's funny how a lot of them are in-state guys like Isaiah Thomas, John Michael Terry. Isaiah Thomas is making Draper. a move. Draper. Like, those are guys that, as we've gone through recruiting, me and Josh have seen so many different times. And this is it. I mean, if you're not going to get it this year... Alex Grinch can start to bring in the defensive talent. You don't want to say over-recruit, but yeah, that's what's exactly what's going to happen because the talent is going to be far superior to what has been brought in, and they're going to know exactly what type of system they want to run and, and how they're going to do it. That guys who are a redshirt junior, senior at this point, it's probably a little too late for you. Now, had I, had, I haven't played the Lincoln talking about uh, Jalen Redmond yet, have I? No. Okay, so Lincoln was asked about Jalen uh, we, when we went out for the second viewing, what was that last night, Eddie? Two nights ago, Monday night, yeah. Um, Jalen Redmond was finally in pads. We hadn't seen him in pads in a very long time, and uh, Lincoln Riley talked about that. He's an exciting guy. You know, he's talented. Uh, you could see that, see that pretty easily. You know, in the time that he's, you know, that he's been able to play for us, um, you could tell that he's hungry. You know, he's. You could tell you've been on the field, um, not not necessarily from a rust standpoint, but just from a from an effort and a desire standpoint. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, uh, you know, probably more than any guy out there, probably appreciates just being able to take a, a rep of inside drill in practice. Mm-hmm. You know, because there was a long time there when we didn't know if that was going to happen again. And uh, so, uh, doing well, not not as rusty as probably we would have thought. Uh, he's a very natural player. Um, 
I know our guys are happy to have him back. All signs are good health-wise for him right now. Yeah, he's doing well. So, I mean, that's probably, out of all the things that are positive coming out of camp, that's probably one of them. Because regardless of how many times we've been told, yeah, he's cleared, he's good to go, I think we've all kind of had that concern about, okay, well, when he gets back in pads and the blood clot thing comes back, is he done? Yeah, good. Well, we kept hearing he's cleared, and then, oh, well, wait, he's actually not doing any contact drills. He's yeah. still just on They've the always side, been treating but... him with kid gloves this entire time. Yeah, and but that was like Lincoln on media day, local media day, said that they, you know they were taking the training wheels off. They were going to treat him like a normal player, and then we kind of heard through the first week that still wasn't the case. So it was good to see Monday night and the here Tuesday that, yes, he is finally – someone you can pencil in as part of the defense and figure out if he can be that difference maker that we all believe he should be. So all this being said, I mean, we feel like there are gains being made defensively, especially uh, in the mental makeup of the of the defense. They've, they've gotten a chance to reset. They have a new coach. They believe in what they're doing. You got to show it on the field. I mean, that's, that's what it comes down to. I mean, it's kind of like you still write defensive articles and you know, people on Twitter are like, I don't care. You get half and half, right? You yeah. get half like, I really want to believe it. And then the other half like, Stoops. The other half's like, uh, you got to show it September 1st. And that's fine. I don't have a problem with those comments. I mean, Curtis Bolton is making waves in Packers camp. And I saw someone post a story immediately. An OU fan was uh, on the comments like, screw you, Mike Stoops. You know it's problematic when the best of the 50-50 is, well, I really want to believe. Like, that's the, yeah, that's the best I mean, it gets. Yep. They're like, I'm not going any farther than that. Now, I, I do need a judge's ruling on this, guys. All the Jordan Parker buzz has me excited, but I'm not sure I can claim him as one of my guys anymore because I was very much on board in high school and his freshman year, but then all the injuries kind of happened and he just couldn't quite get on the field. And then they moved him and to I'm, safety. I mean, does he... Yeah, does he get to be my guy anymore, or is that is that out of date? I think he can be your guy because I was the first on the the buzzy bandwagon, and then he had all the injuries, mm-hmm. and then he finally ended up being one of their better players last year. You just have but to he say, stayed at linebacker like all time. You'll have to have to be so, stock up for you. No I mean, matter I think what. you can definitely claim Parnell, <laughs> or you can definitely claim Jordan Parker more than you can Parnell Motley because you've already given up on him. And since they're probably going against well, each other, well, what I love is. I think say Kerry and my guys and this if if we all agree on it then Kerry and my guys are locked in a battle. So yeah. that's I mean I you got to think Trey Brown has that one spot locked and then it's between Motley and yeah. Parker in terms of that second starting position at corner. Here's the here's the question from yesterday. Lincoln Riley going out of his way I don't know going out of his way is the right way to put it but taking a shot at Michigan over Eric Swenson. Does that mean that Eric Swinson? That was a little bit of uh, some BDE from uh, from the old ball coach, by the way. You don't you don't get that very often out of him, and you don't get that if he's not talking about someone that might be a starter. Josh McQuistion might have a head shot. Oh, I I think he's a I think he's a starter. He's starting. Yeah, I, because I'm not, your RJ, really your hope for R- hope. yeah, your hope for RJ Proctor is gone. He's an inside guy. Yep that that was like my last little thing. I was like, oh, okay, Proctor, maybe that'll work. No, and Bray yeah, Walker is staying start. inside too, which is you know, it is it is, yeah. it is weird. To think Simpson and Walker, as big and as tall as they are, are going to stay inside. And you, I mean, you asked last week about the tackle depth. Like, is Michael Thompson the next best guy that they have on campus at this moment? 
It was not a who's who of it wasn't. Swaby, Finley, Felix. Yeah, it's like all projects. No one that you thought. Oh, okay. If if Ely went down today, that's who would take his spot. None of that feeling. Yeah, I mean, it's strange. I, but who 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 are we to question Bill (laughs) Beanbo? I mean, golly, it's just weird that all those guys who were. Brought in as tackle of Simpson, and but Walker that's his history. Like you know, I mean, Drew Sabia starts as a true freshman as a tackle, then moves inside. And and look, I've seen some of those Minnesota Vikings highlights. I mean, he's a really good guard and for the NFL. It's working. Cody I, Ford. We all I've thought we were like, how the hell that. is he going to be a tackle? And he was great. I, I can't think of many position coaches we've covered at Oklahoma that are more comfortable, even during the season, tinkering with their not just like okay we're going to move him from right guard to left guard but just we're going to totally change his position like he bill bill will mess with that stuff until he gets it just like he wants it and he's got a good track record so i mean who are we like i said yeah Uh, yeah anything anything you guys wanted to hit on defensively before we move on to offense uh no i i don't think so i i do think that you know, just to put a bow on everything that we've said, it's it was extremely positive news on Jalen Redmond front. Uh, you know, the secondary is going to be very much a what I think is a work in progress, but I do think that they have players back there. I'm not in that camp that just thinks these guys suck. Like, I think that they have some guys that can cover, but... The Kerry Murdoch camp. Well, I mean, you're, <laughs> you, you, that's between you and them and the, and the libs online. That, that's between you and them. <laughs> I'm just saying that I think from a total product, and we've talked to Trey Brown about this a little bit, if you can just get something up front out of that front seven, I think automatically that secondary is, you know, if you want to bump yeah. them up one grade, yeah, if you want to yeah. go from like a C minus to a B minus, I think that that's, that's okay to do. I because mean, look, those guys, those those you cannot cover somebody for eight seconds. Well, I mean, you just it, it's not even it. covering somebody for eight seconds, but it's having one-on-one coverage where sure. a quarterback doesn't feel any pressure whatsoever and, and can take a five-step drop. It doesn't take eight seconds. I mean, it takes four seconds. I mean, my God, it's like if a guy feels that comfortable back there. I mean, look at, look at Texas Tech back in the day. Like, Graham Harrell was a great quarterback, and then... He came into Oklahoma in 2008, and OU just destroyed him and gave him no time. And that offense that was had just beaten Texas was just atrocious. So, I mean, there if you don't get a quarterback a little bit unsettled, you have no chance. Because essentially it wasn't eight seconds. It was just that uh, Trey Norwood against Oklahoma State had to guard uh, a Tylan Wallace who had a quarterback just standing back there playing catch with him. And he could put a ball on a dime down the field and make a throw that few people could. I mean, that's really, to me, the thing. Like, these cornerbacks, Parnell Motley, bless your heart, Josh McQuiston's always trying to kill you. Uh, you have to defend the perfect pass more so than almost anybody else because your defensive line provides no pressure that doesn't get his quarterback, doesn't get anybody's quarterback out of their comfort zone. So, Buck's over. And the only thing I'll add, it sounds like Buki has made that move to starting nickel. I mean, Alex Wrench talked very highly of the way that he has responded since spring. So I think, you know, you're, you're, we feel pretty set, right? You got Turner Yell, Patrick Fields as your safeties, Buki at nickel, Trey Brown, and then the battle between Motley and Parker. That is your secondary heading into week one. Week, week one. You know what you don't have defensively is, is at least what it seems right now for the starters. You don't have any true freshman saviors. 
Uh, no, but I I don't think that Jeremiah Cardell is in the mix at nickel. Sure, and uh, I think that Jane Woody Davis Washington, and Jane Woody Davis Washington, Davis they are, offer yeah. something physically that those other guys don't. Um, I, I what I'm saying is day one you don't have a savior. You might no. have a guy that develops as no. the season goes along, and I think that's a good thing. I think that is a good thing. I, I you know if you're starting all of a sudden you're having to throw in true freshmen, uh, you know I. That poor, Use the last couple years that's as an how, example. That's how bad it was. You just sure, thought that you sure know, you you had blow it up. It yeah, you bad. had gotten so low and you had hit the rock bottom that you were having to start those guys. You know, and, and talking to some people, what's interesting, guys. I mean, you mentioned it. The the three young DBs that that I've heard Grinch and um, and, and some of the and Lincoln Riley kind of single yeah. out. Yeah, um, but when I talk to some people, there's a lot of that really like the D line and linebacker groups. Like, and I think more of like the rush linebackers, like the Igweboos. Like, I, the word freak has been thrown around with Igweboo. They seem really excited about him from some of the people I've talked to. Um, I, would, I, know, I would just say this, Josh, just seeing yeah. them in person, I don't mm. think physically they're ready. I mean, no. freakish talent, yes, I could see that, but especially Wete. I mean, my God, oh, yeah, he is yeah. tiny. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, would you say Wete and Jonte Bumpus are a pretty good comparison, Carrie, to go back a little bit? Like, just that long, skinny, like, I'm not sure if it'll work, but if it, if they can put the weight on him, maybe he's a guy. Yeah, except that... Uh, Wete's Brent, better than Bumpus. Brent Venables gave me the worst quote he's ever given a player on Jonte uh-huh. Bumpus, and I won't repeat it. Yeah, yeah. Well, Let's I just mean, say it's... Brent Venables pretty much gave up on Jonte Bumpus the moment he stepped on campus. I can tell you the the Muskogee staff at that time is a group I knew very well. They were very very surprised when Oklahoma made that offer. That was one of that was that to me might have been. I the, know what Eddie wants to do right now. He wants to throw a Jack Slayer reference out there, whatever his I, name. I, well, is. I was just oh, going to say it's because he's a great actor, probably. <laughs> I, I was going to say he went into a growth industry, but um, you know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Very nice, Josh. No, so, but no, you know, he, uh, like, like I said, I mean, I remember getting calls from Muskogee, and they're like, we love the kid, but we cannot believe they've offered him. And you kind of, like, I look back on it now, and I'm like, I think that might have been when Jackie Ship started mailing it in just a little bit, <laughs> like was the John T. Bumpus move. Is he, was he older? Or, he was older than Stacy, right? He came yeah, in he, with Jamil Owens. Okay, that's what I thought. It was John T. Yeah. and Jamil. No, Stacy and Jamil were in. Stacy and, yeah, Jamil. Oh, Stacey Stacey and Jamil. Jamil okay. were together. Okay. Jonte was. Okay. I think Bumpus was 07 the year before. I'm pretty okay. sure. So, yeah, I mean, but, yeah, I mean, I, look, keep an eye on Jeremiah Cordell. Keep an eye on Woody Washington, Jaden Davis. Uh, but I, I do think if you're talking about Aguebu and Wete, for, I think, you know, helping this year, I don't think they're physically just, there yet. Yeah, just from seeing them in the very limited action that we saw them on Monday night, it just and I put a couple of the clips up on the board, but I would say that probably need a little bit to uh, to grow into those bodies. But I mean, there's a lot to like, especially with Wete. He's a big ass kid. He just he's on the, I'd say on the skinny side, and that's yeah. probably understandable. Yeah. He's probably not been in a. Uh, this was probably his first summer in a real, yeah. you know, honest con- conditioning program. So. Uh, I, if, if you look if at any of those in, players, if they buy into what Benny Wiley's trying to do, you're going to grow. You're going to yeah. get bigger. And it, it also depends on how you want to look at it, guys. Like, if you're needing to bring in freshmen, that that says something about what you have currently. That that can be a problem. DB, you can come in as a DB and be ready. Like that. I mean, it, it's going to be more of the mental process 
at D line, like a guy like Stripling or Roberson, who I've heard really good things about both those guys. If they have to play this early, like Ronnie Perkins did last year, that's usually more of an indictment of your older guys than it is. Oh, this guy's so great. All right. Um, offensively, I think you know, offensive line, obviously, and I'm I've got a Q and A that I'm going to put up with uh, Q Overton. I did this week, and he really uh, has some really positive things to say about the offensive line and especially the young guys. Uh, and working against them on, on you know, getting to know them, working against them on scout team last year, uh, and just kind of where he thinks that group is headed. But I I, I, I feel like, you know, Bill Biedenboe came in and talked to us. He was a lot more positive than I was like. like there were no to, worries for him, I thought. like he, he was a lot more positive in regards to, like, I was kind of ready for him to come in like he was during the spring, like basically saying, like, we got a lot of work to do. Like this, yeah. this is a project. But having Creed Humphreys kind of helped him out a little bit too. Though. Oh, and we, I mean, put that man on bubble wrap until the beginning of the start <laughs> of the season because if he goes down, it is, it would be catastrophic. I think the word catastrophic could be used as far as if he got hurt. Is he the most irreplaceable guy on the roster? One hundred percent. Yep. Yeah. I think you're right. I hadn't really thought about it, but I think you're right. One hundred percent. Because you're either going Clayton Woods or Tyrese Robinson or EJ Noma Ogar. You just, yeah, I almost feel <laughs> it like not be pretty. I love the Woods family. I'm sure that Clayton's a good kid, but I'm sure that you would go Tyrese Robinson if in a in a pinch. I, I that's just a guess, but you're talking about a scholarship guy as opposed to not, right? Well, yeah, I don't think you would upset Austin by anything you just said. To be no, honest. I mean it's just that's just the truth. That'd be like saying that. Uh, it'd be like, oh, this is probably a bad example, but be like wondering why I didn't get recruited. You know, it's like there's a reason. Yeah. Well, and like it might be a deal where, okay, if, if Clayton's got to go in there for a snap or two, okay, you know, we're going to check on. Yeah, Clayton, you can live. You can live. But with like it. a game, it's going to be Tyrese Robinson or whoever their number two center is deemed to be. Well, uh, I mean, let's look. We're. I kind of wanted to talk about offensive line. I don't really think there's a whole lot of concern there right now. Now you might go through a season where you, you change some bodies around and that's not uncommon. I mean, even uh, OU, the year before they, what, the only year they didn't go uh, to the uh, college football playoffs since Lincoln has been here was the year when Cody Ford broke his ankle early. Uh, you lose to Houston early and you had a weird starting line. Like we've, I can't even remember what that lineup, I just remember Alex Dalton was on it. And I think I think uh, he would never. They might have brought Abner Estrada back to start at center in that game. For all oh, I know, that's a name that I've <laughs> never heard of. I it, it, it's almost funny. Like I, you've never heard of Abner Estrada? I don't think so. I've not. No. I don't think so. No, I would love to about. know what Bill would have thought about starting. You know, like uh, Brody Eldridge at guard, like they had to do during those those trying trying times. But like that was like you remember that was a TCU game when they finally put Ben Powers in mm -hmm. yeah. and they figured yep. it out. So like we've seen him and I mean we don't have to go through Lincoln's first year when uh it was uh, Josiah St. John tipping off Texas to whether they're going to run or pass uh and they had to re he basically replaced both his uh, tackles cuz it was Derek Farniok and Josiah St. John's and that then it became Orlando Brown and Drew Samia and they ended up going to the college football playoff with two freshmen as their tackle. So We've seen him kind of have to shuffle things, and we've seen him work his way through it. I don't get the sense that, that he's that concerned with not just the starters, but that he's going to be able to figure it out. I think as long as he's seeing the championship depth being built, 
he'll figure out the pieces later. He'll figure out exactly how they fit as long as they're all worthy of being put in that lineup. I think that was what was so key for him during the spring and here through the first couple weeks is to make sure he doesn't have any guys that he doesn't trust. Now, you know, the quarterback... I I would add on the uh, offensive line stuff, talking with Bill, it seems like... They are really happy with those young guys. It's just gonna, yeah. it's gonna, yeah. it's gonna take some time. It just, it there's the natural progression of being a freshman in college for them. Like a guy like Stacy Wilkins, he hasn't ever said him uh, specifically, but it seems like it's like, yeah, he's gonna be really, really good at some point in his career. Well, and you also know that you have R.J. Proctor. I yeah. mean, and for then sure. you, you basically, you probably feel pretty good with Tyrese Robinson and and Bray Walker as guards if you have to kind of get them to learn how to play. But now you can pick the best one of those two and put them on the other side of R.J. Proctor, who's already played, you know, four years of football. It does seem like... I I think Marquise Hayes is probably locked down one of those other... It sounds like he's having a really good camp. And I know that we put out that... And this is just final thought on offensive line. I know that uh, we put out the... uh, I thought Adrian Ely... I I was pretty impressed with his interview session. Yeah. uh, Just as far as... Maturity. Maturity learning from Orlando, learning from waiting Cody Ford, waiting his time. It seems like he's the type of guy that outside of Creed that people maybe don't really know about, but you know about because you follow recruiting, he could be the next big thing down there. Now, quarterbacks, uh, look, we're not... I know, Josh, you've kind of gone out there on a limb and said Spencer Rattler has been really impressive. and I don't doubt that. I don't deny that. I mean, he has been impressive from what we saw of him. He certainly belongs on the stage with Jalen Hurts and Tanner Mordecai. But, honestly, we all think Jalen Hurts will be named the starter eventually. And Lincoln Riley did kind of talk about, because he's not naming a starter, but he did talk about kind of what he's looking for in his quarterbacks as he evaluates them. Oh, you look at all of it. I mean, you kind of get a feel in their drill work. Um, Certainly, you know, you probably look at the competitive parts the most. I mean, that's the closest thing to the game that you possibly can. But I think even more than that, it's... It's why you can't just throw some stats together from a practice and look at it, and the guy that has the best stats wins. I mean, you know, the stats do tell a story, but they don't always tell the whole story. You know, and so I think it's a feel of who's not only who's playing well and completing passes and doing their job well, but who's running the group well. You know, who's handling the group, who's communicating well. Um, you know, who's got poise when something doesn't go right. I mean, there's 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 so much that goes into it. So. There's, we stat our guys out. We've got a lot of different metrics to measure them, uh, but also we don't get away from kind of our gut feels of, of being around them and also having, you know, we, we know what it looks like when it's right. And uh, so trying to find the closest thing to that we can get. And just like with anything, I mean, I, look, Josh, you know this. Tanner Mordecai is not an unathletic quarterback. Like, he can, he can move around. He can escape the pocket. He can do some things. But it's kind of like Kyler Murray versus Austin Kendall. You know that there's something very special about Jalen Hurts and, and what he can do when he pulls the football down. Yeah, he just has a weapon that nobody else in that. And, I, and Spencer Rattler's a talented runner, too. He doesn't have what Jalen Hurts yeah. has. Jalen Hurts is almost another running back in your backfield. And that's, you know, that just can't be replaced. And so you have to be that much better in your in your throws. You have to be that much cleaner in all your reads. Like, it just puts more pressure on because if everything else breaks down, Jalen Hurts can pick up a first down in his sleep. Tanner Mordecai and Spencer Rattler, it's not the same thing. It's going to be kind of interesting. Uh, you know, obviously with Baker, I mean, uh, with Kyler last year, 
you knew what they were going to do as far as the run game, uh, or he when he was going to be able to, uh, they were going to be able to use his legs, obviously, and take advantage of it. But I'm kind of interested to see what they use with Jalen, just because I guess he's a little bit of a different runner. Uh, obviously not as fast, but much bigger. Yeah, and that's something that Can Lincoln's kind of talked about. Uh, and I'm not saying that they're going to go belldozer with him by any means uh, in in goal line situations. But but he brings the same type of force that a Blake Bell would. Sure. Yeah. More, absolutely. More speed, probably a little bit more elusive. Hell, I'm interested in the in the backfield and and what they're going to do at, at the running back position. Just talking with Jay Bulware, but uh, you know, as far as quarterbacks, they've go, got to come up with like a big boy package. I would think. Get Troy James the ball. They always lined him up back well, there. Well, just get him in the backfield yeah. to block. I mean, put it in, take a tight end out. Yeah, probably put it depends in another on lineman. what you're getting out of your offensive line, right? They should be, with Jalen Hurts, there should be no red zone problem, especially short yardage problems. You wouldn't think so. I mean, they haven't had that problem in a while, and I think it's because they've obviously they've had a really good offensive line. But Well, Lincoln's pretty good at calling plays. Sure. They have, they're not in those situations anymore either. Now, if you're wondering about Spencer Rattler, and I, I know they, a lot they of did people... did have times, though, last year where they, you know, stalled inside the five, though. Yeah. They've settled for field goals probably a little bit more than uh, Lincoln Riley would like, and that's, like, very, very, like, minute problems to have when you move the ball and score like they yeah. have over the last two years. Well, and I know a lot of people, if you know... I'm not saying there's a lot of conspiracy theories out there, but there's a lot of people that are like, oh, could Jay, not a lot of people. There are some people that that would love to throw this out there. Like, could Jalen Hurts get to it again at Oklahoma by Spencer Rattler? I, I, I really, if, look, I think it's a whole different ball game if Spencer Rattler had been here for spring football than it sure. is now. And Lincoln Riley kind of talked about Spencer Rattler and his progression, where he is in, in terms of, is he actively involved in a quarterback battle with the other two. Yeah, yeah I do. He's, he's done a nice job. Um, he's a very gifted thrower. Um, he's more than anybody just uh, kind of a race against time, you know, having not been here in spring. Mm -hmm. You know, you can you can certainly tell that the other two were here for spring. I right. mean, there's no doubt. And certainly could early, but he's, you know, he's gaining on. It's not, not necessarily gaining on Jalen or gaining on Tanner, but just gaining on getting to the point where he can – you know, execute and communicate everything that we want him to. He's a he's a quick study, and uh, one thing you know I have appreciated about the kid, even though he wasn't here for spring, he he's he's not afraid of the moment. You know, he 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 thinks he should be right in the middle of it, which you know you better believe that, and he he certainly has that self confidence. You know, just kind of watching him the other night at practice when they started coming off of their you know uh, throws to the the receivers. And everybody's huddling up and taking that. Like he is, he's involved. I, I believe Lincoln when he says he believes he's in this race. Like he's not, he's not backing down. He's not, he's not a, out there like a you know a deer in headlights. No, and I mean, would I? I think that kind of comes with, uh, in a way, I think that kind of comes with the territory. When you're a five star guy, when you're been through the. Uh, you know, I guess the recruiting process, uh, like he has as a uh, highly, highly ranked, highly thought of quarterback, uh, it's kind of almost instilled in you in a in a way, isn't it? Do we? Oh, I, uh, go, go ahead, Josh. No, I, I, like I said, just being around Spencer, he's one of those guys that just kind of 
Yeah, and, and you can see it in the way he plays. He kind of thinks everything will turn out. Like, he mm-hmm. just kind of believes, like, I'm going to do what I do. He's not cocky. He's not, like, a, a jerk about it. But, like, there's no doubt that Spencer Rattler walks out in that practice field every day and says, I'm the best player here. Like, I mean, I, I guarantee you that's the way he feels about it in his heart of hearts. But at the same time, I mean, he's smart enough to know i got stuff I've got to learn. But I, it doesn't shock me at all. I mean, he's a very confident kid. And like you said, Eddie, there is – ample reason for him to believe you know that he's as good as he thinks he is you know it's funny that just as far as from a personality uh i guess like looking through each guy it has been a a very interesting road as far as going from baker to kyler to you know probably now jalen hurts as far as those are three very very different people wouldn't you say Carrie? Oh yeah. I mean, I mean just I from mean, a from a personality standpoint, night and day from all three. Baker's different from all of them. Sure. I think Kyler and Jalen kind of share some of that be, because their fathers are coaches. That quiet confidence. They they're not big into the media or yeah. the spotlight. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Baker it, definitely embraced it. There's no doubt about that. But yeah, I mean there's a lot more similarities between Jalen and Kyler, I think, than there were Baker and the others. Uh I you know, like now that you go back and you see the stuff that Jalen did in the spring game when he came over and took the picture, like that is even so much more out of character than we thought it was. Like we had, uh, you know, like Jalen literally doesn't want to talk to the media. Like even if he gets requests, he's like, no, nah, I don't want to do it. So he he just he's not into talking about himself. Yeah. No. I do think, though, that there is a little... Uh, I don't think Spencer Rattler's going to be that way, by the way, which is good. No, I think he'll be I think he'll be closer to... And this might be unfair, but... Because I really have never talked to the guy, but maybe closer to Baker, just as far as his personality goes. I think he's more open, mm-hmm. maybe. Uh, you know, it is interesting, though, with Jalen, and I think we'll probably get to know him a little bit more here throughout the season and the limited actions or uh, times that we are able to interact with him, but... I think there is a little bit of a maybe a cockiness to him that maybe doesn't come off immediately. But if you look at what he says uh, and maybe look deeper into what he's saying, uh, he might not. I'm not saying he's an asshole or anything like that, <laughs> but it just it. I think that he can come across as a little bit of uh, there's maybe some arrogance. And, there. Ma- and maybe this is just a completely terrible read on my part, but kind of uh I went to Alabama. I've been through all this. Is that maybe? Is that maybe? Am I looking into too far into that? I don't know. You always wonder, like you know, kind of like Alabama a, is such a even Oklahoma as, as crazy as it can be at Oklahoma. And I'm not saying he's playing at a second tier program by any means right now. But it's like, no. But Alabama I've been to a national championship. Alabama I've, I've won a national championship. Alabama's a different animal. I mean, there's yeah. just no getting around it. Like the sure. the fans. Uh, I mean, we we joke about you know the redneck voice like that is that is truly Alabama fans. I mean, oh those, yeah, those people that are and we're not talking about like you know we're not we're talking about people that can't even afford to buy Alabama shirts at Walmart. Like that's how and those people live for it. Like just they that's all they do. Like it it is it is who they are. And I mean, you get a certain degree of that. With Oklahoma, and you always have, but there's so much of that in Alabama, and so there's many people. Paul Feinbaum. So many people that have no national. personal boundaries. Yeah, 
I mean, Feinbaum's national because Alabama and Auburn fans are absolutely nuts. It's just different. It, it, I'm not going to say it means more. Uh, it's just, I, it means more in a bad way, to be honest with you. Like, that's not a good, it just means more means, yeah, we'll poison trees and go to prison. That's kind of what they're doing. I mean, oh, I mean, that is what they're doing, though, isn't it? Isn't that what, uh, was it, uh, it wasn't Sly that came up with that. What was the guy's name before him? Uh, well, SEC. Uh, no, it was... Yeah. Was it Sly? Yeah, Mike it was Sly? Yeah, before like, he retired. They're definitely taking advantage of the... It's kind of like around here. It's like people take advantage of people's passions all the time. Sure. Well, I mean, I don't know. That's it's kind of a weird discussion to get into. I mean, I. but as far as Jalen Hurts, yeah, I think he's, he's like, yeah, I've been through crazier stuff than this. Like, you're not phasing me. I think that's the attitude he has. More than anything. No, I like, yeah. I I, I understand I would, I would you think this is a big deal. I've seen a big deal. Yeah. Okay. And I don't think he's saying like Oklahoma's not a big deal. I think he's like like I've I've been here before. It's Hell, if you deal. really want to boil it all down, that's one of the reasons why I think he'll end up being named the starter in this quote unquote quarterback battle is because of the experience. Yeah. Because he's been in these situations, because he's started in uh in you know insert sec stadium because he's got he's led a team to a national championship like you there's some things that spencer rattler as well as he can throw the ball and as much as i think he will be the future of the oklahoma football program you just can't make up for that here's here's something you want to talk about like you want to go deep and conspiracy theories and all that stuff like uh talking about hillary clinton's brother being the stand-in for jeffrey epstein no uh, i don't want to go there oh okay well that happened i told i'm telling you guys that okay good um so just a simple switch of the bodies how much of like like do you think lincoln riley would ever like if there was a a thought in his brain like maybe Jalen or maybe maybe spencer could be the guy do you think he just wants to see the qb1 documentary because could you imagine, like... <laughs> comes out Friday, right? Comes out right. Friday on Netflix. Like, don't you want to know what exactly it is you're going to be... Because he's going to get asked about it. I mean, like, there are going to be people... I almost pulled the trigger on Tuesday. I And I the only reason I didn't, I thought we were going to have... I did, too. I thought about on it. Friday. Yeah, I thought about it. But I, I just thought, well, I'll see how it's presented right. before I ask yes. about it. Yeah. But, I mean, there are going to be people that binge watch it just to see... One, what he did. Hell, not binge watch. There are going to be people that read the article, the the, the show descriptions. Yeah. Like, just to see which ones feature. six. Okay. Yeah. That's. Which ones feature, you know, what exactly it was that Spencer Rattler did. And and how he responds to it. Because, I mean. And how much controversy yeah. comes out of this. If any. But, yeah. I mean, just. Because once it broke, I think it was late October, Maybe. She didn't really say much, and I don't know if he was, like, shielded or anything, like, to where he didn't have to say anything. Mm-hmm. But we don't really know what was his thought process as as he went through the, the entire thing. Josh, is there any... I'm just going to throw this to you, Mr. Recruit Guy. Do you know? I have a pretty good feel for it. I, I It's... It's a... The, I guess I would say the... Um, People listening right now are like, don't they ever talk to each other? <laughs> the exact variables are a little unique. Um, I've just I, never... I've, I've just heard a couple never, different stories. Yeah, I've just never... 
not that I haven't cared enough. It's just, dude, I got better things to do than worry about what Spencer Rattler got suspended for. He got suspended. I, I'll be honest. I don't care enough. Like, I yeah. mean, it, it's one of those things. Like, I kind of heard it, and it's not like you know. He, it's, it's one of not, the, from ever, from everything I understand, it's nothing terrible. Like it's yeah. stupid stuff that high school guys do, and we're it's, all going to survive. We're it. just not under the microscope of of uh, yeah a highly no. ranked quarterback or a highly maybe ranked you person. did tell us, and I just didn't care enough to remember. As, yeah, as no, soon I think as that's it, probably exactly what's true. My thought process was as soon as it was not a police matter yeah as soon as it wasn't really a school matter as far or as a crime i'm concerned yeah. yeah like knowing that he wasn't going to jail that oh you wasn't going to drop him like didn't OU was punch very a woman didn't you know wasn't sexual misconduct of any kind probably hasn't I mean, been to pickle he jail. wasn't even he wasn't even kicked out of school guys i mean he finished right. where he was like it you know it's just one of those it was disciplinary yes i think that's probably the best way to leave it as and as proactive as lincoln was as far as when he was suspended it was more of a we're 100% behind the guy. It was like, okay, yeah. I don't really care. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that he's not going to have to face, you know, a certain sure. amount of no, there's, social, at least social media backlash and things gonna like that. It's going to be talked about. Again, I mean, it, I just, hate... it depends how it's shown on the uh, show, too. Yeah. Absolutely. And Absolutely. It, it, I, is it just a blip okay. on the well, radar and they just move on? And how and much then... personality of his do we find out throughout this? Like, does it, does it reveal poor character in any way? Well, we kind of boiled down the idea that Tate Martell's a douchebag and that came out true in the six episodes that we saw of him, right? Yeah. Pretty much. And I, I couldn't have Dan been... Wolken, oh, it's not a pick on the guy. I Be a bigger loser, okay? I uh, I couldn't have been more impressed with Jake Fromm after watching that series. Like, I became a Jake Fromm fan watching that. I'm still in the middle of the Justin Field season. I don't know why I stopped, but I'm like in ep- at episode four. You do kind of love you some Jake Fromm. I do. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Good player. What of you know, it, I, Josh? I don't, huh? I don't care about them as people. It's just about if you're a good player. Or not. So. <laughs> <laughs> High recruits that are listening and your families that we I don't have to care get about. To know. Brock Vandergriff, yeah. screw you. <laughs> you better stay good, or I'm not coming to see you. <laughs> I will not be out to Atlanta again for the third time to see you in like six months. So, but anyway, no, I mean it, the quarterback thing—it's coming eventually. I don't know how it will come. I don't know. I, I would imagine, Bob, you said next week today, didn't you? I, I think it, it would make sense. It'd be like a week and a half before kickoff, yeah. and it would be a OU release. Like I want to say, middle of an afternoon. Although their start, their start, their start season school. starter is so shitty. It's like. Maybe they just wait till the week before. They start. In his press do they conference. start school next? They start school next Monday. Mm-hmm. Monday Monday morning. Uh, we all know that the first week of college classes is not mandatory. This would coincide with college when they, kids that are listening. This would coincide when they did Baker and Kyler. It, it's the, the not the week of the game, but the week before that. I could be completely making this up. Didn't Riley say something? Uh, even going back. Last year, maybe that he likes having that announced a w- at least a week before, to, so you can go through practices. He wants and to pare down reps. To right, the, the want, ones exactly. get the ones. Right, the starter gets the ones. So yeah, I would say it does make sense for him to do it after this week. Yeah, because you're starting to get to that point in camp where it's not just about 
okay, we want Jalen Hurst to get his reps. We want him to get his reps with the ones. We want everybody to be working together rather than like, okay, we're plugging in this young guy or we're going to work here. It's more about like actual game preparation. Okay, so yeah, I, I don't know how much more we really need to cover the quarterbacks. Um, we talked about defense and you know it didn't look like there were any instant guys to step in or guys to step in and inst- play instantly that were freshmen. It's not the same on offense because, you know, we all think Trajan Bridges is going to be a big part of things, although there's a lot of talk, you know, um, from guys I've talked to about Drake Stoops and, and how good he is, uh, been performing over the summer. You got Nick Basquin there. So, I mean, but I, I still say he is probably most likely uh, of all guys to step in and make an impact this year. I mean, we all voted him. Yeah, the newcomer of the year. I mean, the, the way offense. the way I boiled down to is, if Charleston Rambo is as good as he's supposed to be, or that he wants to be at this point, then Jaden Hazelwood and Theo Weiss might have to wait a bit. But if Rambo stumbles, then that's going to accelerate how quickly I think Jaden and Theo end up becoming players. I think Trajan Bridges just has the fastest path to being a legitimate full time contributor, especially because he can play inside and outside, and there's no one really locking down inside spot you like the re, re, the reliability of basquin but i don't know if he's a game changer here's one thing to consider and that is something that maybe eddie i think maybe you asked lincoln about this yesterday about how different his tight ends are uh you know grant calcaterra does something lee morris does something but it's almost like lincoln lights up when he talks about austin stogner and kind of his skill set compared to everybody else at that position. I don't think that there's anybody. I think what's uh, maybe one of the more underrated things about Lincoln Riley is his infatuation, and maybe not infatuation, but his love and usage of the tight end slash H-back. Yeah. uh, This kind of goes back to everything that he always talked about Dimitri Flowers, just as far as Dimitri Flowers made that offense go. Like, he, him just being out on the field gave them so many different... Uh, options as far as what they were able to do, whether it was putting them in a blocking situation or getting them off the edge or having that little uh, that little seam pass that he hit. It seemed like every big game to Dimitri Flowers from Mayfield. Uh, so I, it's it's interesting because they do offer their three completely different players. Talking about Grant Calcaterra, Austin Stogner, and Lee Morris, and you know I'm slightly interested in just how they use those guys. Are they going to try and get them out on? Like, if you put two of them out there, who do you take off the field? Uh, who comes on the field? Uh, or it, it just, there's so many variables that go into uh, what Lincoln Riley is going to be able to use with this skill set. I mean, uh, with this, uh, with the amount of skill players that they have, it's, it's, it's very intriguing to me. And then even going back into the, the wide receiver stuff, it's like, there's guys that have been in the program for a long ass time that I don't know. It, I'm about to ask the dumb question, but do we just completely forget about a guy like? And I completely have forgotten about him. He was in pictures last night from the scrimmage. Is don't Michael Jones still alive? Okay. Oh, I didn't. Okay. No, I we we've, we've given up. We as a God. as a site as a uh, covering institution, <laughs> we have given up on AD Miller. And Thank that, you. I'm sorry. We Thank have, you. I don't want to be that guy, and that maybe cements his place. We as all a first don't want to be that guy. His first team are. performer. He's going to be a first time team performer now that we've uh, we've basically dragged his, thro- his name through the mud. But at the same time, it's like they have so many options. From I don't a know. Skills, somebody skill position. Players. Somebody asked Dennis Simmons uh, yesterday, like uh, all these AD Miller questions, and it did kind of seem like. He was going through the motions just talking about A.D. Miller. 
He had a scripted response that yes. you're supposed to say about an upperclassman who's yes. not going to do anything. <laughs> Guys, I want you to stay strong. When you're in conferences, whether he's there or they're talking about him, turn off your cameras, shut off your mics. Like, we're not going to be part of this. We're not going to succumb to the A.D. Miller hype. We won't do it. We'll have no part in this. So I just want you guys to separate from it. You, you just make. Oh, a, I have no problem with that. I'm already, I'm, we're already I've, doing that. I've done. I've done Good. that. If I stop my recorder when I think <laughs> the question is like, nope, that guy's not doing anything. You no, know no, when but, Bob will shut you out. You're, you're done. But actually, done. Michael Jones was it Lincoln that brought up Michael Jones? Somebody brought up Michael Jones in a positive way the well, other day. It was funny because you know when we talked with Jones in the spring, it was a pretty good interview that got derailed, and I don't remember what got it off track. But about Jones saying he requested the red shirt, and that was sort of interesting as sort of someone who maybe realized he wasn't a hundred percent and he wasn't going to be able to do and it. let you know he's still into playing football exactly. and being in the program, exactly. and being a part of it. He never looked disconnected. He was always engaged when he was on the sideline. And he wasn't like the first person in the locker room when. The game was over, and he's whenever they've been doing these non-football events, like when they went to Lloyd Noble and things like that. Michael Jones was there. You're like, you get it. He's still part of this program, but will he ever actually produce? Sorry, I kind of derailed that you as far up. as the the tight ends go. But I mean, it is an interesting conversation with uh, Calcaterra, Lee Morris, and Star because they obviously they love Stogner. Yeah, uh, what he could be, I think, is more of opposed to what he is right now. That, I, mean, I think that's fair to say. I really think it comes down to, I mean, the rest of the offense to talk about is Theo Weiss and Jaden Hazelwood. Like and Finn Corwin. How, how big a part uh, <laughs> they play in this offense this year. And do they, do they come out? The Rambo. Do they come out right away as part of that four game? You know, you can play, keep your red shirt, or do they wait until the season goes along? No, they'll get time against South. D- uh, against South, South Dakota, Dakota, like I, that entire yeah, freshman so. class, you, gonna see. Yep. I when the, Joseph when it comes, Lete may get run in that game. <laughs> I think I think just about everybody that puts on a uniform should get some run against South Dakota. Kobe would, Tillman's would, would gonna it be, team rushing. Would it be that would that be my wet dream? That if you want to see me actually, I don't ejaculate on the sidelines. <laughs> That would be. That would be. <laughs> there it. are enough armed guards there. You'd be arrested. I'm pretty sure of that. I don't know. I've seen other people do it before. Fans and reporters. Uh, it. I don't think it would be out of the question to say n- none of those three, the five star guys, redshirt this year. Is that crazy? You think, Josh? No, I think that's probably. You know, honestly, and it's it's more so out of necessity that they don't need yeah. to. Like those guys with that talent. I mean, thinking that, that they're going to be four-year guys in the program, exactly. probably. That's the big Yeah, change. and you do have to think about it this way. C.D. Lamb is gone after this year. Right. Sure. You're going to have to get those guys ready to play a starring role a year from now. I mean, I agree. a red shirt sophomore year for any of those guys probably is not going to happen. They're looking to be out of here by their true junior year and done. If yeah. they're as good as we all think they're going to be. Which is also all a reason why you can't put, uh, you, you can't put Spencer Rattler on scout team. Right. He needs those reps with those young guys yeah. for next year. And, you know, guys, if you were going to say if one of them was going to redshirt right now, I would bet on Theo. Like, Theo's the guy. Like, I could, I think we all accept Trajan Bridges is going to be a factor in this year. Like, he's going to play a role somehow, some way. I keep hearing Jaden Hazelwood's really come on since the start of uh, summer practice. So, Theo's the one guy. Like, it's not bad. I just haven't heard much. Like, it's just kind of been like, yeah, he's doing fine. 
Now, the thing I will say, kind of with the conversation we're having about tight ends and receivers, so we talked a couple years ago when we kind of football nerded out about the uh, offensive line and all the depth they had. You know, okay, maybe they're going to run out like six offensive linemen and just get crazy in that game against Ohio State. I remember it's just kind of geeking out about it. But at tight end, is there some thought to, okay, we'd rather have Lee Morris, Grant Calcaterra, and maybe even Braden Willis on the field at the same time than, say, Nick Basquin or Michael Jones or something like is that personnel, although it's different and not exactly what we always do, is it better than the you know just trying to put a receiver out there to have a receiver out there? They've got options. Yeah, but they go I, jumbo. Or here's something. the thing, though, all the stuff that we talked about with you know how Lincoln used Dimitri Flowers, that I mean I, I know it's not base, but just for reference purposes, like. That doesn't happen unless you have some type of a base person, whether it's a five receiver set or whatever. Like, sure. he's the guy, like, two wides, you know, someone, you know, split. I mean, like, you've got to have receivers and tight ends in order for that fullback, H back, whoever it is, to kind of sneak out of the backfield and make big plays. You got to be able to, hand, to handle it, too, because we talked about before that you don't tip your hand when that guy's in the game, if it's a run or pass. That guy's got to be able to take it all in. I remember that was the one thing Lincoln would always talk about with Flowers. He couldn't believe, he didn't know what what he had until he got to know the kid and realized he could handle every single thing that he threw at him. All that being said, I think Lincoln Riley could absolutely come up with an offense with that lineup that you're talking about, Josh, and just just piss people off and come up with crap that you're just like, holy shit, look what he's doing. Well, and it fits pretty well with Jalen Hurts. Like, okay, we're going to run a little power here. We can do some different stuff with that. You know, there, there's, I mean, especially there's if you got Trey Sermon in the go. backfield. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, you're talking about two big dudes in that backfield. So, um, speaking of the backfield, though, you know, I, I know we're kind of sticking on receivers. I don't know if we want to move into, you know, kind of the running back conversation. I keep hearing Marcus Major's name come up a lot. Like, there are a lot of people. I, 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 I wrote it in. Interesting. Um, it's I crazy what happens when he gets the ball week. in his hands, Josh. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. If you're just gonna not limit his carries and just say, you know, what can you do here, Marcus? Um, but I, I, I literally had two different people tell me he is the most explosive back in that backfield. Well, you know what's funny is Jay Bulware came in the other day, and I don't think he brought up Marcus Major at all. He was asked about Ramondre Stevenson, and he he glowed about him. I mean, um, well, because they're so they're so different. Yeah, just like, gushed about. You him. can brag about Stevenson without talking bad about Major because they're such. Well, I'm not saying runners. yeah, he would talk, but it was just like you know, and TJ Pledger's gotten a lot of love from Lincoln Riley. It's mm -hmm. like may a kind of I'm ready to buy into the conspiracy as they're trying to hide this guy, like because nobody's uh, talking about. It. He's not getting any run from anybody. Is there any chance that? And I think Kersey might have asked Lincoln about it. Uh, did Kennedy lose some ground as far as not missing out on it, it? Just listening to the answer that Riley gave, and I think he did say yes. He gave he a did. long pause, but it was like he's finding his words. Yeah, it was. I thought it was very notable as far as uh, the type of answer that he gave in return to that question. I agree, hundred percent, because that he was like. You could tell that he didn't just sit on the couch, but yeah, you could tell it took a little time to get the rust off too. And, and you, I, I guess I wonder if the the pause was more so to do with how do I want to answer this in relation to, you know, you can't really come out and say, well, the Title Nine 
in, you know, the Title IX investigation yeah. was bullshit. So, I've actually got, like, I've actually got that. Lincoln answering that question right here. You know, he missed part of it. Yeah, but yeah, probably a little bit. I mean, probably a little bit. It looked when he got back uh, and got around him, looked like he was still in pretty good shape. Um, so it looked like that he did a lot of the things on his own. It, it probably certainly helped that he wasn't a, you know, a first-year guy. You know, that he knows our system, that he's had to train his body before, knows when he's you know, training well, knows when he's not. And so um, from the looks of it, he didn't just sit on the couch the whole time. You know, you could tell that he came back in shape and knocked a little bit of the rust off. And, you know, now he looks like Samuel Kennedy. You've added two guys to that room. How does that, how does that room look to you at this yeah, point? Yeah, those, those two have been very impressive. You know, those are two that you look back on and just even early and just say, you know, glad we took those two guys, you know. So they, they, uh, they've done a nice job so far here in camp. You know, I think we got – we got five guys in that room that can go play and play at a high level right now. So there again, you know, those two guys, you know, it's almost like, you know, let's not piss off the three guys that we got, you know, here already. Well, they're going to need yeah. all five. We see how quickly someone goes down. Yeah. You're going to need that depth. I don't know that there's a superstar in that group, but there's five guys there that should probably at least get a cup of coffee in the NFL. Boy, like, if you get, that's, if you get, you know, somebody like if, like Marquise Hayes is, you know, he's all the rage right now with the coaches. But uh, let's say a Bray Walker comes along, like you get he and Cody Ford and Marquise Hayes or R.J. Proctor, like in the middle and they're moving bodies, like those guys are gonna pick up some yards. It's just gonna happen. <laughs> just Marquise Hayes being there is gonna, <laughs> being is gonna there. move some <laughs> move some people. It's like I, I we talked about it on the last podcast. Just as far as and I, it's still like amazed me because we walked right in. Uh, during the viewing portion of practice, we walk in right by the offensive lineman. That's just how they set up uh, there in the corners. But their size like, is ridiculous. It, it's like God, RJ Proctor's small, but he's not small. No, he's not small no. at all. When you interview him one on one, you're like, "Well, that's a nice looking offensive lineman." Yeah, but when he's out, he's small compared he's to everybody else. And it's it, not his fault. Like I, I, I keep saying, it's, it's like not they have his a bunch fault, of Phil Lodeholtz in the program again. Adrian Ailey's the first guy in a while that reminded me and it might be a little bit of his mannerisms too but he was the first guy in a while that reminded me of the phil load hole like this guy's a monster of a human i don't know orlando was special in his own way just sure. six foot eight sure absolutely and you know i it's kind of weird i just never really he made, wasn't it's just a personal well, thing orlando he wasn't, wasn't intimidating. intimidating because he was he doesn't have a great physique yeah, maybe maybe that is it. Like, and obviously, like I, I think anybody that like Phil Lowe knows me, barrel that, chested. Yeah, it's his like, arms were massive. And, it, it's kind of weird. It's like I never got that feeling or, around yeah. Orlando, but it's also because he's probably just so outgoing. And he had that foxtail, and he dressed halfway decent. And you're just kind of like, it's a cool guy. Yeah, that's that's probably true. Phil was a nice guy, but like just looking at him, you're like that dude's scary. Yeah, like, I mean, like you know, like it, he was intimidating. Um. Now, I will say, at what point does LSU just start following Bill Biedenboe around the country? Because they passed on Cody Ford who, from their home state. They passed on Adrian Ely, who's from their damn hometown. And now it looks like he's going to start for OU as a redshirt, what, freshman? Um, no. No. Sophomore? Sophomore. Sophomore, mm -hmm. yeah. Okay, I don't, know why, I don't know why I got that crossed in my head. So, I mean, at, at some point, like, may, maybe, maybe listen to what Bill says. If he offers a guy in your state, he, he probably can play a little bit. I mean, it's not like LSU is hurting. Or don't. It's kind of helping Sooners. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm sure Oklahoma fans are like, shut the hell up, Josh. Josh. 
You son of a bitch. Shut Why do you mouth. hate the Sooners so much? Always trying to undermine us, Michigan State. <laughs> I forgot about the Michigan State days. All right. Uh, well, I mean, look, quarterback thing is really the next big thing. It's, it's going to be a lot of fun kind of watching who goes in, who goes out, who plays early in some of these early games. So if you're wondering why you need to go to this game or that game, you know, look, there's going to be a lot of young talent in this program on both sides of the ball that are going to make it worthwhile, especially in these, these some of these crappy teams. So um, yeah, outside of that, Josh, I know you were out. Tell everybody kind of what you were up to this morning and uh, kind of just, just let's just talk about the latest on the, on the recruiting trail a little bit. Yeah, it's it's starting to get real for me. I, I made my first practice this morning, went out and saw um, Richmond Foster, the same high school that C.D. Lamb came from, uh, has current 2021 wide receiver commitment, Cody Jackson, uh, real – Get, you know, field stretching, big explosive receiver. Talk to him a little bit about, um, you know, just how it's gone with his recruiting. He's kind of, you know, ready for Dennis Simmons to be able to call him when, when the phone lines open up for his class on September 1st. Uh, as, you know, for those that don't know, recruiters can start to make their, can start to contact the juniors on September 1st of their junior year. So they can make calls and do a little bit more direct contact. Um, and it was interesting because we talked a little bit about Brock Vandegrift, and that'll be in an interview I've got, you know, ready to go. Or, you know, Eddie has to make it pretty for me, and then we'll be ready to It'll be up in a couple of months. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no worries. But what was interesting is he talked about recruiting um, – Mario Williams and uh, uh, Jai Hall. I'm not sure I say the other Florida receiver's name. And he, you know, those guys are rivals, 100 top 50 guys in the country. And Cody feels really good about where OU is with Mario Williams. So that could be a kind of uh, a very Marquise Brown-like player, very small, very explosive um, you know, that kind of guy for OU fans to kind of have that in their head. Uh, also, they are uh, – Foster also has Ruben Fathery, the big offensive tackle offer in the same 2021 class. Uh, he's going to come up to OU for the Houston game. And just, you know, he's a he's a kind of kind of quiet kid. You know, he'll, he'll answer what you say. But, I mean, it's clear that he likes Oklahoma a lot. I think he's starting to think about limiting his list because the same – problem is coming for him on September 1st where schools can start calling and unlike Cody with him being uncommitted he's going to get 40 coaches calling him and I, I just knowing the kid a little bit I just get the feeling that he'll want to pull back from that a little bit and he'll probably put out a you know a top 10 top 12 some kind of limited list and like I said with him going to Oklahoma in a couple weeks time I, I've got a pretty good feeling Oklahoma is going to be part of that. Josh you know August, pretty dead month, but now we, we start to pick it back up. Do you feel the Sooners are going to try to really make Houston a big-time thing? You look at the home schedule, not a lot of games that elicit a lot of excitement. Like, oh, yeah, that's going to be the big recruiting weekend. Could we just get it right off the bat, Sunday night, Labor Day, national TV, all that good stuff? It makes a lot of sense when you think about it because it's a Sunday game, so that it's a lot easier for a lot of kids to get up there. You know, they don't have – you know, because a lot of these kids will start their their seasons that Friday night beforehand. Well, it's tough for a lot of guys to play a late game, you know, get home at midnight or 1 o'clock or whatever, and then turn around and go to an 11 a.m. kickoff for South Dakota or something like that. But this gives them the day they can go through their team meetings, they can do all the stuff on Saturday they need to do, and then Sunday they're free to go down to that game. And obviously you're going to turn around and have school on Monday, so it's probably going to be a lot more regional. You're going to see a lot Labor, of Labor Day, Josh. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. I'm, I, you know, it's 
When you work hmm. from home, that these things. Josh don't doesn't really celebrate exist. Labor Day. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Communist. Well, Eddie, must I'm be not part of your religion. I'm usually blacked out. Usually blacked out. So you know, me and the kids. Mm-hmm. So, uh, mm-hmm. But uh, but no. So th- there's an easy way to get guys up there, and it, it it's you know I know people say oh well, Houston that's not that big of a deal. You have to remember, you know, Ruben Fatheri, for example, is a kid from Houston. Well, he's going to know some guys on that U of H roster. He's going to know some guys being recruited by U of H. So there's some value in that. You know, it's not just, oh, I'm going to COU. I can see my buddy from, you know, this Crosstown rival play, or I can see, you know, whatever. So there's a little easy connection there. And like I said, Sunday gives Oklahoma kind of a unique way to get a lot of unofficial visitors on campus. All right. Um, in terms of just any scuttlebutt on on twenty twenty guys, any anything really brewing there, or, or uh, I mean, what's the process right now for Oklahoma? Just just trying to work on. I mean, will there be many in season visits? Do you think? Probably not a lot, just because there's not a lot of. I mean, you know, you'll have some um, some guys committed that you know haven't taken their official yet, that kind of thing. But you're not going to see a lot of that. Uh, what is really interesting to me to follow right now is what's happening at cornerback because it feels more and more like Oklahoma sliding a little bit with Dante Manning, um, the, the one-time commitment. It's not that Oklahoma's out of it. I, I don't, it's one of those situations where I don't think the season can come fast enough for Oklahoma where maybe some of the realities of Texas A&M can set in. You know, it's, they're, they're not going to win the SEC West. They're not going to. You know, they're not going to do any of those things. So Oklahoma can be like, look, they, they, there's all these things they can promise you. We're doing all those things already. We're going to, you know, make a run at the playoffs. We're going to do all this stuff. And, you know, we're part of a defense that's rebuilding itself. And you can come in and maybe be an early starter, those kind of things. As to where A&M kind of can sell the SEC and all these things, and that's, that's, that's tough to combat in the off season. But when the regular season hits and – They've got to go to Clemson. They're going to play LSU. They're going to play Alabama. There are plenty. I mean, A&M's schedule is just brutal this year. So I, I think you can maybe see some of that come in. The other side of cornerback recruiting is Josh Eaton, who everyone had pegged to A&M, but I'm told A&M's kind of cooled on him because of their focus on Manning at this moment. And now it kind of looks like Texas is getting back in the race with Eaton. So with him and, and Manning both, I think even if they decided right now the race wouldn't be over. I don't think either one would pick Oklahoma right now, but I don't think either one would be like, okay, I, I'm done. This is over. And so, like I said, cornerback recruiting, and you throw in Caleb Offord, the Notre Dame commitment that Oklahoma recently offered that is um, looking like a guy that has some real interest in OU and Roy Manning. So we'll, we'll have to check through this, but cornerback recruiting to me is going to be where you start to see one domino fall and then everything will start to happen because I still think Oklahoma probably would like at least one more and maybe two in the right situation. Do you think Graham is officially a corner now? I, I do. I do. Um, Ryan Watts is interesting to follow. Um, but Graham, like when I, when I talk to him, I mean, he, they, they've told him that's where they see him. They see him being a corner for them and they think he can be a good fit. And, surprisingly to me he didn't act upset about it you know i've right. seen some stuff on the board like <laughs> sort of oh, waiting he for be pissed it off? Yep. and i didn't get that feeling from him like he he just you know and he's he's come up he's visited since then there's no real you know rumors that he's looking around or anything like that i i think ou is where he wants to be and i think he also sees a situation where 
Okay, that wide receiver room's pretty full. At corner, though, you know, it, you say Parnell Motley starts this year at corner. Okay, fine. That means next year there's going to be an open spot ready for somebody to take, and there's no clear air apparent like at receiver where, okay, that's cool that Nick Vasquez started and he's leaving, but there's 12 other guys behind him that are elite talents. Before we get out of here, would you guys – or did you have another question, Bob, you want to get to? Before we get out of here, would you guys um, – w- would you like to go on some uh, ratings and reviews adventures with me? Because we had a fabulous one-star review. Oh, no. I, I probably have a pretty good idea of what it, what it I, I, I wanted to get it. to this last week, but I didn't. I just forgot about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and by the way, we've had... You know, yes, I do want to indulge. 625 reviews on iTunes. Uh, 577 have been five stars. We appreciate... wonder how many of them have been knowledgeable. All 577 of you. Our, our average rating is five stars right now. So. What was the Diamond Dave? Was that the guy that was after you? <laughs> That's right. Yeah, sure was. Uh, the Eddie one-star review that I know you're going to read is... or not. It's not just Eddie. It's no, all it's all of us. us, yeah. But the, the there are... Eddie, for all those, there are at least half a dozen that are like, Eddie's the whole reason I listen to the pod. Well, so. I, I have I plenty, of, you've plenty had... of checks being sent out weekly to get these people to be on my side of things i think you have offers of sex from other males uh eddie several of them Eh, that's kind of cool if i ever go to prison i'll think about it uh but i i noticed this when i thought god we've got to do a ratings and review um because this one was brought to us by big poppy i'm sure is a big red Sox fan and you know he he puts a nickname for a man that is clearly roided up his entire career and been a part of his uh, success, but... Can we just read it as James Hill? Uh, no. Um, here's his... <clears throat> here's his... Uh, that's... Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Uh, here's his <laughs> subject. Tired of having my face rubbed in it. Hell yeah. One star. After a year of ups and downs, something in today's podcast sent me over the edge. Maybe it was the acknowledgement that they they have lost sponsors over their vulgarity and sanctimonious attitude. Can, can I hit pause real quick? Sure. Carrie, has that happened? That has never happened. Interesting. Carry on. Uh, in fact, uh, just about every sponsor we've ever had has already re-upped with us for this season. Oh, not good for the haters. Um, so, uh, back to this. And we just said we had one little conversation. It was jokingly. When I told you that... Which tells you everything you need to know that this guy can't read when through I that. Told, yeah, I know. Uh, when I told you that, you know, I was just kind of kidding, but I said that maybe some CEO of a big company doesn't appreciate all your F-bombs. Which, by the way, we bleep out. So you've never heard of... Well, sometimes you hear F-bomb because I miss everything. Um, anyway, back to Big Poppy. Abortion. Maybe it was the acknowledgement that they have lost sponsors over the vulgarity and sanctimonious attitude toward anyone not as woke as they are. This is fake. There really are a lot of gems to be found amongst the chaff. (laughs) What? I don't... Gems and chaff are not... That's not a good... That's... Have woke and chaff ever been in the same post ever? the stem from the chaff, don't you? Is that... What what do you I separate from the chaff? Is. Eddie, I Google that no for me. No clue what that he's talking about. How Sorry. do you even? See I think that's H- weed, F- isn't it? No. Eddie, Bob's like, I'm not from Oklahoma. I don't know what chaff. C H A F F. 
There really are a lot of gems to be found amongst the chaff. A chaff? C-H-A-F-F. Chaff is a noun. Uh, the husk of a corn or other seed separated by winnowing or threshing. Uh, alternative uh, definitions. Chopped hay and straw used as fodder. Worthless things. Trash. Synonyms. <laughs> rubbish. Refuse. Waste. Refuse. Garbage. Litter, discarded matter, debris, scrap, dross. Well, okay. So he says, maybe he's using this correctly then. There really are a lot of gems to be found amongst the chaff. I, yeah, don't, I still that, don't know what that means. He's saying there's some good stuff among all the garbage. I think he's saying seeds among the chaff. Is yeah. it, I, just got, I just got tired of prospecting. I think he meant tired. I'm out. Tim Gentry, OKC, 61-year-old, non-graduate of OU, Game viewing sitter downer and donor section. Oh, that's 100% a, per a real person. I found him on Facebook, and it's everything that you would imagine it is. <laughs> How many OU Facebook? Very groups conservative. Is he in? Uh, I think we'll just leave it at this. Hashtag olds. 1000%. Wait, 61. Uh, it has nothing to do with age, Carrie. It has everything that's to do true. with mentality. I guess I should know that. But yes. I Everything that you would imagine. If you could imagine somebody that hates me, like he fits that demographic very, very well. Here's a five okay. star from a guy named Guy Who Eats Poon. Hmm. Can, can you be vulgar and sanctimonious at the same, the same time? time. That's, that's a nice uh, that's, combo. That's confusing. Huh. There's some people that do it daily. I, I uh, really thought about making an advertising packet where I feature some of our, our really good... Um, you know, uh, reviews like out from oh, reviews, but then also saying, uh, "Look, we want you to know that we have kind <laughs> there of there are some that we have uh, kind of a um, irreverent podcast, and you may get this from time to time if you want to be one of our advertisers." I am very comfortable with what we produce in this podcast. I have no qualms about. I that. will say we've had major companies approach us that we've just been like, "Yeah, we're trying to get to you, but we don't know if we can." Yeah, we've we've said more. Christie's Toy Box came and wanted to offer us some dildos, and we said no. It's not it's not an acceptable payment. It's I think they would payment. know that we don't want that. Uh, you know, maybe Carrie, don't, don't judge a book or something. By its cover. <laughs> we're more of a DW's company, okay? <laughs> you are. So anyway, uh, thank you, Big Poppy. Appreciate that. If you would like to go give us a ratings and review, we would certainly appreciate it. Big Poppy's the type of guy that makes it worth getting up for us. Yes, day. exactly. Thank you, Big Poppy. Um, sorry that we've lost you by bleeping out all of our F-bombs. And I would 100% guarantee that he still listens. Yes. Yes. Even if it, hey, Big Poppy, how you doing, man? right now. Yeah, he's listening Hi, right now, cussing at all of Terry, us. Terry, is that his name? Timmy? Tim. Terrence? It's not Terrence. All right. Uh, well, that's going to do it for us on this edition of the Unofficial 40. A lot of great stuff coming up. Classes are getting started. It's here. It is here. I was um, driving over to the practice field yesterday, uh, or actually to the stadium, and caught got caught in my day. first, yeah, the first uh, traffic of the season. And I was like, all right, this is it. This is officially it. Yeah, I should have known that it was going to be bad when I saw my niece and her Facebook page and all the sorority stuff that was going on there. I can't even imagine. What did you say? That something about the tears? Uh oh, that 
there were just there was so much water in Lindsay Street from tears being shed and flooding into uh, into Lindsay Street from North and South Creek. It was hard to drive yesterday, leaving Norman. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you to and Josh. Mine, maybe it wasn't tears though. Thank maybe you. Like water and wetness Stop from it. something else. Stop it. <laughs> thank you. We're here, sponsors. We're Good here. luck, frat guys. Thank you, Josh. Uh, please protect your uh, mic from your daughter moving forward. Or at least just keep that picture and let her do whatever she wants so you can reset all the knobs the right way. I just want to turn it up every once in a while just to terrify Carrie now. Now that I know how to do it, I'm like, I'm just going to mess with him from time to time. I mean, hey, I'm I, not going to do that. There's nothing Go funny about it. what you're saying right now. <laughs> uh, thanks to Eddie. Thanks to Bob. Bob, how's the baby? She's great. She'll be seven weeks on uh, Saturday. Having having a blast. Loving it. Is the sleeping getting any better? No, you just adjust to it. Just You don't look half you, dead anymore. Guys, did you hear the fear in Bob's voice? He's been told to say, she's great. <laughs> she's great. Everything's great. We're she's super little happy. angel. Yeah. I mean, she cries Give, when she's supposed to, and uh, she started smiling the other day. Oh, nice. So oh, I was like, uh-oh. Uh-oh. So seven weeks? Seven, seven weeks on Saturday. Is she rolling over, Bob? No. So okay. we'll get, we've got the one month, right? The photo. We'll get one every month? I doubt I'll send the, the month photos. I had to do the first month, but I've, I've scaled back. I've learned who cares and who doesn't. I mean, you can just send it to our t- our DM yeah, group. Yeah, our group. So. We don't mind. And we'll send it out to everybody. <laughs> yeah, we'll do it for you. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks to all you guys, and thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week for another edition. Don't forget, uh, the post-game edition will be back again this year thanks to uh, Eskridge Lexus. They didn't cancel, Big Poppy. They renewed, just so you know. Uh, so thanks for listening, and uh, we'll be back again next week right here on the Unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com.